What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. I am your friendly neighborhood cartel. Super jazzed up for this one, especially because unfortunately we couldn't do last week. So for those of you who have been waiting, wait no longer because this is going to be well worth the wait. I think it was only our like second break in this entire run that we've been on. That is correct. That's pretty good. It gave us extra time to put uh, facial hair uh, products on. Certainly for you. You know, got the oil in, you got the wax in. Profits are going up for these uh, beard companies. Good stuff. You know, you got to mix and match now that we're allowed out of the house. Somewhat. We're a little bit allowed. I mean, the fact that you and I both walked into a hobby shop for the first time in what six months three months four months feels like feels like three years something like that it was at the very least 2021 i haven't so i mean uh it was something it was something and both of us are going to share our experiences right this second because i mean why wait so i went to a local hobby shop and i won't mention them my name uh i do love the people at this hobby shop um so if you follow me on social media I've, i've probably shouted them out before but uh I just we, went we in. Shout out LCSs a lot. Yeah. They're, oh, yeah. They are important. Before oh, yeah. One hundred percent. And important. honestly, I I feel like members of my community like should be shouted out. And like you're you do amazing at that. And and I also try as as hard as I can. Like I've got a meat guy that I shout out frequently. Um. And uh, you know, I've got a few artist friends who I shout. Out. Like I mean, I want to spread the love. You know what I mean? Like I want I want to make sure that everyone eats and you know there's an opportunity for everyone to see what wonders lie inside of the connections that we have but uh, so i go to my hobby shop and i was like you know what let's um first of all i went there with the intention of just seeing the market for for certain slabs you know most hobby shops i find they don't have a wide variety of slabs but you know i figure that with a lot of foot traffic you know things at least around here yeah 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 I just figured that one, you know, with a lot of foot traffic, it being Father's Day, you know, uh, in in Toronto, uh, a lot of the slabs I was bringing in were like Toronto or relevant to today. So, you know, there was Smart. like a, there's a Messi BGS nine in there, you know, Messi's in Copa America and we'll touch on soccer later. Um, but uh, some of the cops that I got were pretty wild, actually. And I mean, I get it because they got to eat. I mean, and they have rent to pay and they have a lot of expenses that you nor I probably have. I mean, I've paid rent, but you know, it's not on uh, uh, an establishment off of a main street. You know what I mean? So I get it. Um, But also I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, the slabs will stay with me. That's cool. You know, worst comes worst. I can sell these on eBay if I really wanted to. But honestly, I just wanted to see what I could move around. You know, I'm in a really big moving around phase where like, I want to make trades. I want to, you know, package things up like two for one, three for one, and uh, kind of put myself in a position where like, let's get in this market. I want to sink my teeth in um, using some of the assets I have. I also noticed that the price of wax and now I don't know if, cause I mean, I experienced some of this myself when I, I tried to import a box from the States, man, I got 
pre 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 order. I mean, like I bought it like nine months in advance. Uh, the box was two ninety nine. It retails for like six fifty. Uh, but the, by by the time all the the fees and duties were paid, I probably paid like four twenty. So I mean, if someone was to make a markup on that, I could see and like let's say a hobby a hobby store purchased them for five hundred US. You know, I mean. I can see why they would be 650 bucks, why they would be $700, why they'd be, I mean, I don't agree with it, but like, man, the time, I mean, you were saying this, the times of, of getting like a $5 pack, I just, you just can't do it anymore. Well, you can, you can add to that, especially in the realms of some of the sports like basketball and football, that there's a preemptive strike to get as much as you can out of the product because you know, on the aftermarket, it's going to be blowing up. You know, and that, that used to be less of a thing for retailers. It was like, look, we, we got it for this. We're putting it out for this. They never had to worry about, you know, two weeks later, the product is doubled in price. Yeah. And even though that might not be the case anymore, because we're not in the middle of 2020, that is the mentality, right? And yeah, there's even base product, base tops, baseball product, base upper deck hockey product. There's no packs under eight, eight to $10 Canadian. Those, those days are gone of coming in and casually you know, grabbing a few cheaper packs or a hobby box that's under $200 or something like that. Um, you know, I, I went to my local store and again, it's not a knock on them, but the prices are the way they are, right? They're, they're just doing what needs to be done in their market. Um, I see a lot more product. I see that a lot of older product, listen, one store is taking advantage of the fact that if other stores and other businesses are not going well, and there are businesses that are closing, if you check IG, you will see sadly that there are some storefronts getting pushed out or who are no longer able to, to get good deals from distributors. It seems to be more in the States, but uh, there's availability. There's, there's going to be a lot of wax sitting around and businesses that are no longer running. Other businesses are going to pick them up. So that's kind of cool that you have a bit to choose from, from previous years. Uh, obviously, Brendan, you don't need me to tell you this. And I understand that you wanted to test the waters, but yeah, dealing your slabs at a retail store is not going to be the best atmosphere however that being said um you know that that's the realm where it's all about getting to know your local card store who runs it who works there i'm, I'm friends with the people that run that store and uh although they don't deal in in singles in the past when when it came to stores that dealt in singles and slabs if you give them a good deal you're more likely to get a good deal um your package deals trades it takes a bit of work um, and, and a bit of investment of time and effort. Uh, but, you know, if you're cold going into a store, yeah, it's going to be rough getting what you need. You probably are better off on eBay or MySlabs or some kind of platform like that. It's a lot more convenient, obviously, if you can offload something yeah, for locally sure. yeah, and yeah. you don't have to ship it for sure. But uh, that that's, that's the challenge. But yeah, it is, it's going to be, depressing for people like ourselves who are finally getting out there for the first time and i'm paying seven dollars for a pack of top, top loaders it's everything's changed and on that note talking about things changing um we're not going to spend a lot of time this week going over the hobby drama that's been escalating for the past couple of weeks there's a lot to get to you know some people call it hobby drama 
You know, drama to me is if, uh, you know, you uh, caught me at Camden Market uh, with your girlfriend last weekend. But really what we were doing, Brendan, was discussing the fact that, you know, I like the mustache and she doesn't. But you don't know that. And then there's drama, right? By the way, yep. to the listeners at home, I completely made that up. I am not having clandestine <laughs> meetings with Brendan's girl. Um, at least I hope not. Nice. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is what some people consider drama, I consider information or at least something to be discussed and something I do not stand for are people that don't want to discuss things or are telling others not to discuss things that maybe that that's more important. If you want, if you, it's your choice. If you want to close your eyes, close your ears, close your mouth, which I did at the beginning of the show, you can do that. But don't tell others not to discuss things. Don't tell others not to make an attempt to maybe remind people of things because there was a lot going on in this hobby and in this world before the lockdown. A fun thing you can do is use your Google machine and take a look at what was going on in late 2019 in the news. All the, all the things that were being reported on and that were relevant that suddenly faded away when COVID showed up. Aliens. Right. And it's no different. <laughs> Sorry. What did you say, Brendan? Did you I say said, aliens? I said aliens. Aliens has been consistent for the last three years. That's yeah, I know. I know. Going, yeah. I know. But all, is, are aliens going to go for modern or vintage? All but, of a sudden, we're not talking about aliens anymore. But uh, other than the aliens, I mean, Joe Rogan's <laughs> certainly talking about the aliens. But other than the aliens, you know, there was stuff going on in the hobby in late 2019 that maybe rubbed some people the wrong way because look, at the end of the day, look, I, I'm heavily invested in the hobby. You're starting to become more heavily invested in the hobby. Anything that's negative, anything that you know illustrates fraud or fraudulent behavior or just bad behavior. I like the term bad actors. I like that term. I'm gonna use that term. Um, anything involving that rubs people the wrong way because it hurts the hobby as a whole. Yep. Now, my belief is the hobby's strong enough that it can withstand those things, but that's not a reason to ignore it or get angry that someone's bringing to the surface something that should be brought to the surface. Because you see, when you have large players that are bad actors in this game, they benefit highly from the news cycle where what happens you know, with their bad behavior falls underneath a pile. And then they're happy to carry on because there's plenty of new entrants. There's probably a thousand new entrants into the hobby today. That's a number I threw off the top of my head. Could be much more that are entering today that didn't know about those stories. Okay. So if we all sit around and pretend like it never happened, they don't know. They get involved with the bad players. There are some seriously bad players. There are people that entered this hobby with, for the wrong reasons in the past couple of years. And I want to talk about it. I do. Okay. And lots of other people do. Okay, and I don't want to make baseless accusations. I don't want to, you know, uh, uh, play broken telephone. I want some facts presented on both ends. If someone wants to say something got resolved, show me it got resolved. I'm a reasonable person. Most people are. You'll have, you know, you'll, you'll have your extreme ends where people are just there to insult one another or, or just make sweeping statements. Yeah. Am I right here? I mean, you are someone that's generally new to the hobby. You're seeing some of this stuff going on. Yeah. And... Do you not want information? Do you, do you not want to hear about these things? Or well, would you prefer not I'll to? I'll tell you that uh, I, up until you and I talked about it, had never heard about the PSA, uh, like the fraud slabs. I mean, recently. Now, when you say fraud slabs, you mean 
cards that were potentially trimmed and graded. Yeah, sorry, right. my apologies. Just, just so that we're, yeah, yeah, yeah. just specific. Yeah. So I had never heard about that. Um, I'd also never heard about the whole Probstein thing. Right? Specifically? Um, wasn't there some shield, I mean, wasn't a, a ton of shield, a shield building? A shield building. Shield bidding going well, on? Shield bidding is something that people in general should now, be aware of. just to I, confirm, a, was was it through Probstein? You mentioned a big name pre previously. I, I believe they've been implicated. I personally okay. don't have any specific stories, but, but Probstein and PWCC often come up because they are the two large auction houses. Okay. And I, if I've ever mentioned Probstein on the show, it would probably be in relation to the fact that they were involved in the sale of some of these potentially trimmed or altered cards. So maybe that's what, right. where my transition went. So there you go. Right. So I'm not here trying to, to you know, make enemies or nope. give you false information. Um, you know, the cartel is here to provide us with factual evidence of, of the past. And Do I mean, past. yeah. But so, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, um, you know, and then, then there's there's far simpler stuff that gets called out on certain accounts. It's funny, man. Some people say bless these guys, and some people say these guys are horrible. They're ruining the industry. Well, I'm, did, I'm did not, you? I'm, did I'm not you here to see, make those judgment calls. You know, we we need conversation. Right? I mean, did you see the 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 patch, the Jordan patch that was pulled from Golden? Was it the LeBron patch? It was a LeBron patch. You're right. Was it yeah. or was it a Jordan patch? I believe it was a LeBron patch. And here's the thing. And it was, again, it was a LeBron patch. Any any hockey collectors can tell you back in 2017, 2018, 2019, there was a need to create a database for patches because it was very well known in the hobby that people were switching up patches. There's no way I there's no way I didn't handle at least one because man, I, I've gone through a lot of cup RPAs and I've had my suspicions about a lot of them. I've I've talked to a lot of great collectors. We had Matt Lee on here not long ago. Matt, Matt just went through something recently he he's not the type to make a big hubbub over it he mentioned it he certainly mentioned that there was a sale i believe from one of the larger uh, auction houses they they worked it out for him matt didn't want to make it huge and public and glorified but it happens it happens and it needs to be discussed and it needs to be out in the open if if a if a breaker is acting um you know negatively it needs to be put out there because a new entrance of the hobby is not necessarily going to run to our favorite breakers that have 5,000 followers. Yeah. They will be taken in by the graphic design. They yeah, will be yeah, taken yeah. into the 40,000 followers, even yeah. though they're getting like three comments on a post, they, they somehow have 40 fucking thousand followers. They're going to be drawn to those people. They need to be discussed. And when they do something questionable, it needs to be put out there. That's, as simple as that. And, and we are going to focus more on this next week. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to make it full hour of negativity or anything, but it will be discussion. It will be discussion. I'm bringing drinks to next week. Because <laughs> I've got some really cool stuff that has been sent to me that simply affirms what a lot of us already know and believe to be true about some of these bad actors. Um, I find it interesting in the hobby seeing how people react to stories about these bad actors. Some just don't want to discuss it. And I wonder why. Some and, people um, call me a bad apple. Say again? I said, some people call me a bad apple. 
There you go. And you don't want to be a bad apple. You want to be a candy apple, but not a candy ass. Um, One more thing, Brendan, because we have a wonderful guest that we'll be saying hello to shortly. We sure do. I love our wonderful guests. Um, I want to talk about flexing. Do you want to flex for us? Nice. Doing all right in the lockdown, Brendan. Um, I do like to flex every once in a while. It's not as impressive as you these days. But listen, the cardboard coaches are always in decent shape. Um, flexing in the hobby versus flexing in life. I'm sure you will agree with me, Brendan. You know what I love about hobby flexing? Anyone can flex and you can't really tell where that flex came from because anyone these days can make a good play, can build themselves up. So when they're showing you a picture of their latest pickup, okay, I I tossed mine over here, but I, I could show you my latest pickup. There's a story behind that. I worked my way up to it. Maybe it's been in my collection for years. I love a good hobby flex. I will never judge a good hobby flex. Could some people create a hobby flex like right now? I could go right now and buy a really expensive card and then post it on eBay tomorrow. To me, less of an impressive hobby flex, but you don't have to, you don't have to tell me where it came from. No, I mean, you could have said, you could have said you held it for years. That's right. We'll never really know. So post your hobby flexes, but life flexes are getting a little annoying. I think you might agree with me that that's a gross look when you're just flexing being wealthy in a time like today with everything that's going on in the world. I think it's gross. And I see a lot of hobby influencers, quote unquote, a lot of them that I, that I enjoy. I'm very picky with who I follow. Um, I give any new accounts that follow me a chance. If they love the follow and follow route, I like to banish them into the, the nether regions, but, um, Generally speaking, like when going back to more established accounts, I'm very picky. I look for people that have been in the hobby for a while that didn't just join in in this past year. And I like a lot of them, but some of them with the, the lifestyle flexing, you can keep that right now. Uh, that, that makes as much sense in the hobby as if, you know, if I'm like, I like to post comics and other stuff every once in a while, but it's the, it's the card community. Keep your lifestyle flexing yourself. This has been a soapbox, Brendan. Didn't I didn't I have a new segment? Wasn't it going to be called the Cartel Corner or something? We got to work on that. Keep your stacks of cash to yourself. Kind of. You know what I don't I mean? want to see you build an igloo or a pyramid with your stacks. Coach Co. Of cash. keeps a separate account for his uh, his uh, kettlebell swings and deadlifts, right? I think that's cool. I so mean, you can do something like that. You can have a separate account called um, like you know. Just like hashtag motivation, you know, your, your just like part, your main account could be like all-star cards. And then your, your flat, your lifestyle flex could be all-star jerk off. Just like, la- like just you shirtless in a account. Lambo with like bars of gold as a passenger, like, but with a seatbelt, you know, you know, I suppose like there's a combo of what I was saying. Cause you could like put your like hobby flex on your Lambo. And maybe you got the Lambo because in 2020, you did so well. Let's not forget a lot of people did really well. 2020, it's not all sadness and tears. Not everyone's losing their ass. Some are just losing a cheek. Right? Just hold, people. And some have like a whole entire new gluteus maximus. Just hold. Right? Just hold. Be Are you still hodling? Patience. Yeah. Well, there you go. Patience. That's right. The, the days of the flip might be over, but patience still pays. I needed to be patient yesterday watching the Euros. My team got absolutely slaughtered. So for those of you who don't know, I'm Portuguese. and uh, Portuguese. I mean, diehard Portuguese. 
Um, you should hear me announce the, the national team lineup. It doesn't sound like English, and that's because it's not. I can't. It's almost like I'm in, unable to, to say those names in English. Um, but I digress. We got absolutely slaughtered by Germany 4-2. Well, the reason why I mentioned that is um, I'm seeing some life. I'm seeing some life in soccer. Tops Chrome Champions League 2020-2021 came out last week, and I've been repping this thing like for six months since I pre-ordered it. And there is a lot of buzz about it. I'm not even joking. There is a lot of buzz. I see the breaks on IG. I see the singles. retail for it, for Christ's sakes. Um, which is pretty crazy considering the boxes. So the hobby box retails for like six fifty, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, and there is retail at Target and Walmart for like twenty bucks. I mean, it's being all of it's being gobbled up and sold for seventy five bucks on on the secondary market. But even seventy five dollars compared to a hobby box, I mean, seems reasonable so i'm not saying for everyone to you know drop what they're doing and go buy uh retail blasters on on the the black market what we're speaking to is it's entering the mainstream it is it's pretty it's pretty crazy to watch to be honest um especially guy by any means but i'm not going to deny this reality that it makes sense like some stuff just makes sense yeah vladimir grill plays well his cards are, are are going up um, soccer, there's lots of tournaments and events coming up. It speaks to people on a national level. It speaks to people globally. So it makes sense. It makes sense. I, I probably should have set aside. I, I mean, I tried to dabble a bit again. You gotta, I, I don't like it's doing that. hard to get into anything that you don't know. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, exactly. Cause like hurt. you were asking me like, what should I buy? And I'm like, dude, I would buy like 1200 things. You know what I mean? Like I, it's so hard to know what's going to pop, what isn't going to pop, what do you enjoy, what don't you enjoy. Like, it's just, it's such a loaded question. Well, I'll tell you this, the card that I have up, you know, on my, on my eBay uh, that has the most watchers right now is a, is a soccer card. There you go. So, although I heard uh, France ain't doing too great. Don't, see, the thing about soccer is everything changes in one match. Everyone was saying Germany wasn't doing great. They lost their first match against France. And then all of a sudden, now they're tournament, they're tournament favorites to win the whole thing. So it's uh, lots, lots happens after 90 minutes, you know, literally on, and, and on a daily basis, people change their mind about who's going to win the tournament after today. Now, Italy, everyone's saying Italy's going to win the tournament. And that's what's so crazy because, um, you know, every, everything, every game means a lot and there's only one of them. So there's no series it's not back to back it is like one and done my friends everything happens and there are consequences you want to touch on uh on some other consequences uh perhaps you know taking a shot in the chin and uh losing a fight i try to to transition that into some okay well that's not bad that's not bad you know general general kind of fight speak um I'll tell you this. Uh, we're seeing a lot of this silly boxing stuff going on. And I'm sure a lot of people, I know a lot of people on IG are on this. I follow a lot of accounts that talk about uh, non-traditional sports, which by the way, gets its fair share of people with insulting comments. Um, disregard. If you have a passion for F1, good for you. I don't collect it. I'm not going to make fun of you. Uh, it's crazy. Do people want people to fail? Because I see a lot of that. But um, 
you know, uh, in the realm of UFC boxing, uh, you're seeing all these spectacles with the Paul brothers. Um, a lot of people uh, were on the concept of legends in the fighting game. Anderson Silva at age 42, I believe it is, made his boxing debut last night in a giant packed stadium in Mexico, which has about a 30% vaccination rate. No masks, no social distancing. This was wild. Dude, that's what's happening um, right now in, in Brazil with Copa America. It's it's Bro, this was wild. I didn't know how to feel about it, but my first <sighs> instinct, I'm sorry, is like it felt good to see normality. Yeah. But uh, Anderson took out Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. I had it, I had it seven rounds to one. A lot of people had it six to two, and the judges almost stole it from him. Let's not start talking about boxing corruption. We all we all know it's there. He ended up winning a split decision, which was hilarious because seriously, he dominated him. Um, you are gonna be hearing more about that. Anderson is an MMA legend who was starting to look really bad in his later fights because it's a completely different game. He is an actual boxer. He looked amazing last night. Uh, get your Anderson Silva autographs if you like him. Don't listen to me in terms of investing or whatnot. If you like the him. The spider. The spider. Um, my man, the Korean zombie, was a winner as well last night. Um, listen, look, I love UFC. I love mixed martial arts. I have since the 90s. I've been watching a long time. I have a passion for it. If you get into the sport, Check out the UFC Prism stuff. Check out the top stuff. If you don't get into the sport, I wouldn't dabble with it because the, what happens is people buy Conor McGregor cards. Yeah. And I told you that was a bad idea a while back. Mind you, the cards kept going up in value. I'm telling you it's a bad idea going into this third fight with Dustin Poirier. But uh, you never know. That's the thing about boxing and MMA. You never know. Not, yeah. not, not a lot of people expected Anderson to do what he did. Last night, it was really fun to watch. If you're into combat sports, it was I'm, really, really fun. It's the same kind yeah. of concept where, like, one one match could change, like, the whole complexion of the hobby and everyone's ideas on, like, you know, who's coming next and all. I that's, mean, why, it, it, that's why MMA is scary to invest in, man. Um, stock drops a lot. It's not like a season that goes on for several months. It's a, a fighter fights every three, four or five months, sometimes earlier if they don't get injured. But it's, it's a tough one. It's the ebb and flow, and there's not a lot of logic to it. Connor hit his highest prices when he was losing left and right. Yeah. Um, but uh, there's a lot of good plays out there. There's a lot of good plays out there in Love the world it. of UFC. Team, we have, and I'm about to let him in, one of the most interesting guests we've ever had on the show. We have a Mr. Jared Kelly. Is that correct? That's the man. You got it. How's it going, fellas? What's going on, Jared? So we are <laughs> actually recording live. So I'm just giving you a heads up. <laughs> There's awesome. no pressure. Um, Welcome to the show, Jared. Yeah, man. First of all. Yeah, it's been fun. I'm glad you guys reached out to me. Um, I hadn't heard your podcast until you reached out to me. So last week. That's basically what I was listening to while I was working on painting just some of the podcasts that you've already recorded. So awesome stuff. I really appreciate it. And uh, thanks again for, for coming on. Uh, I feel like it was almost fate. Like Cartel and I haven't had, uh, well, I mean, we haven't had someone lined up for a show. And uh, I saw that, you know, you followed me and you liked a bunch of my photos. And, you know, first I thought you were just, a Jared Kalenic uh, artist, you know? 
Because like your name is Jared Kelly and it was like Jared yeah. Kalenic as your display picture and like a bunch of transition photos for Jared Kalenic. You know, that huge yeah. group of Jared Kalenic artists. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> and so I looked yeah, into we meet it. Once a year. That's, yeah. <laughs> at, at, the, at, the, at the IHOP. It's like the yeah. once once a lifetime, you know. It's like Jared Kale- Jared Kelly drawing Jared Kalenic follows me. I was like, what <laughs> what's happening here? So, and man, you know pleased- what's funny is like growing up, I only knew three Jareds. One of them was my best friend, and then the other two were like one's an actor and one was selling footlongs. And now it's like <laughs> yeah, let's let's not spend Jared- too much time talking about that one. <laughs> I had to used to I used to tell people you know it's like the subway guy and then all that stuff went down so then I had to tell them it was like the uh, jewelry store, but you know now that I'm older it seems like there's a lot more Jareds than their younger guys you know um, I was born in '80 so a lot of the people I'm seeing these athletes with Jared it's just like they're popping up everywhere. Yeah, it must must be refreshing to have someone else to refer to. Now, now Jared, yeah. um, I gotta tell you, man, um, you know. Coach Co in a way turned me on to you, but I was already aware of you having seen your stuff. It's just oftentimes we're not connecting the artwork with the actual artist. The amazing thing about IGs, you guys, many of you are so accessible. You're certainly accessible, Jared, and you're, you know, you that way you kind of integrate into the hobby and we can get to know you. Um, I want to tell you just personally, I love your stuff. It's it's stunning. Um, oh, you, thank you. you you have shared recently the work you're doing on the tops living set, but I know that you've been involved in some other stuff as well. And I'm going to have some questions about that, but we may as sure. well talk about the tops living set. It would be awesome if you let, uh, first of all, let us know how you broke into the, the entire, you know, sports car artwork world, uh, specifically getting in with tops and tell people how they can acquire these cards because a lot of people aren't aware, especially new people to the hobby. I only got my first tops living set. I'm not new to the hobby, but I only picked some up starting. Uh, I think it was, uh, early 2020 because I was, I was looking for Toronto players like Bo Bichette. Uh, so let us know yeah. a little bit about how that all works and how you got involved in it, man. Um, Sure. I didn't start out wanting to be a sports artist. Um, it was about 2010. I had always thought I'd just paint portraits. That's what I had hoped to do yeah. from the time I was a kid was, uh, was just create artwork. And I really liked portrait drawing, portrait painting. And about 2010, I was, um, I did some, uh, us presidents for, um, for a, a client that lived in Alabama and I had posted on like a, blog or something at the time I was doing and somebody from Upper Deck um, Neil Johnson actually was the contact that reached out to me they were getting ready to do some Goodwin masterpieces and they wanted to do the U.S. presidents and he by fate came across uh, I think a JFK portrait that I'd done for that client and asked if there was any way I could recreate that painting but on the size of a card and I thought well this is a crazy idea and, uh, and that was like 20, 2009, uh, something like that, 2010, uh, when he reached out to me. And I guess the there had been sketch cards up to that point, but no one was doing these insane art cards that you see now that's very common. And um, I thought it was a fun challenge. I didn't know what it would lead to. I took the deal, and I think, oh, man, I don't, I don't know if I made $5 an hour. They were taking about five or six hours to complete, and I think I did 22 wow. of the 44 presidents at the time. 
and it was 10 copies of each present. So there's 220 cards I did for them. And, um, and it was like miniature little, they look like little oil paintings. And I thought, well, this is kind of neat. And, uh, and sure enough, I mean, since 2010, it's just skyrocketed. There's been a plethora of artists that have come into the, the hobby. Um, companies now understand that collectors want to collect this. They're putting in a premium on finding good artists and, uh, and, and making it worth their time, you know? Um, so I think when I first did this, uh, they were showing me examples of cards. And I think one of the, one of the cards they showed me was, um, oh, I forget who the, uh, uh, and Andrew Luck, I think it was the quarterback at the time. Nice. Right. Uh, I may, I may be wrong, but they were showing me examples of, of what art cards or sketch cards that they were calling them. And uh, they showed me like an Andrew Luck sketch card and how this is awesome. And it was like a stick figure he'd drawn. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's not impressive. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so, so we've kind of, I feel like artists out there, not just me, but artists have really elevated this to a fine art form. And, uh, and it's been real fun. But that was back in 2010. And I, uh, since then, I met um, a collector out of Kansas who's turned out to be a really good friend. And, um, and he, he buys heavily in the tops, um, but a lot of companies, he bought a lot of, um, in the game, a lot of sport Kings back in the day. And he was the one that got me into, um, some of the deals that I had in the past with sport Kings cards, um, in the game. Um, I think there were a couple other niche sets that Dr. Brian Price, who used to run in the game put out. And so for a few years, I was exclusive to Dr. Price and his, his brands. Um, and that, that possibly, um, hampered maybe people knowing about me, but it was a really good experience. There was, uh, hundreds of cards. I think at this point I've probably done, I would have to guess around 12 or 1300 art cards for various what? companies. That is And, uh, and incredible. man, they, you know, they, they still, they still take about five or six hours. So I haven't even tried that math. I mean, artists aren't good, but you guys, if you got a calculator, you could probably figure out the amount of hours I spent on those things. But I don't see a lot of them show up on the market. So it is hard to kind of get my name out there when, uh, when the collectors who get them, which I'm glad just want to hold them, you know, so no one ever really sees these cards come out. Um, and then it was about, um, about three years ago, my wife and I started having children and we have three kids now, but at the time we just had, uh, two and it was, uh, a lot of the artists out there are going to understand what I mean when I say, I wasn't sleeping at night because I didn't know what the next month's income was going to be like. I hadn't, I didn't know if it was going to be feast or famine. And before we had kids that didn't bother me. But once we had kids, I just, I couldn't take it. The heartburn was going through the roof. I couldn't yeah. sleep. And I'm like, I'm a horrible father. If I don't figure out some kind of consistent pay for these kids. So I actually at like 38 years old with an art degree, I qualified for nothing useful in society. Right. So I started pouring <laughs> concrete <laughs> and uh, I think I, I worked like a, a, a period of time in a, uh, in a call, like a cubicle answering uh, customer service calls for a, a company that services gas stations and their pumps and stuff. And so I was just doing whatever it took. And I ended up getting a software engineering degree around that time. So for about three years, I've been out of the game painting. And I just assumed that was a past point in my life. And that same collector in Kansas who got me the work with Dr. Price years ago, who, who loved the present stuff I did for Upper Deck, that's where he discovered my work. He, unbeknownst to me, had been talking with Topps. And I guess he knew at some point that Topps had heard from Naomi uh, Seto, who uh, 
who does the living set work for the uh, baseball living set, that she was wanting to kind of reel back production, uh, how much she was producing. I think at one time she was doing three new portraits a week. And wow. if you've seen any of her work on the living set, her work is amazing. I mean, I can't imagine her doing three of her portraits in one week. It's insane. But she's pulling out, or at least reeling back. And so Tops needed someone else. And that's when my buddy in Kansas was really talking with uh, um, Jeff Heckman at Tops about saying, you know, have you looked at this guy's work? And I didn't know any of this was going on. And then it's December last year, while we're all in lockdown, that Jeff Heckman reached out to me and, uh, and presented the opportunity to join the living set. And right away, I was intrigued. I'd never heard uh, of these online brands where uh, every print run is going to be different based on who bought it in the window, which I thought was pretty – yeah, it's such an awesome idea. And then the other part that I loved about the living set is it's a set designed to have card number one and no end. And I'm like, that's a crazy idea. This set could go on for 50 years if if they want it to. So – I, I talked with uh, Tops. We went back and forth, kind of negotiated. I let him know that um, it's kind of an awkward period of my, in my life because I've kind of changed careers and I was in the software uh, engineering field. But um, this year was kind of the test year, and it's been super fun. It's been very rewarding. This is the first time I've ever seen my artwork reproduced on cards. Up to this point, all the work I've done in the hobby has been on-card paintings, one-of-ones. So that was really cool to get some cards in the mail that had my artwork on it. And, um, and like I said, uh, Instagram's real accommodating for you to reach out to collectors. Uh, there's been a lot of support for my work. And I just, I mean, the, the hobby is filled with really good people. And it's, it's awesome to me to see that now that I'm an adult, this, uh, the hobby has kind of turned into, um, I don't know. It's still familial. Uh, when I was a kid, you know, I loved it because my buddies were all collecting cards. Yeah. It was a fun thing that connected you with other people. And I like to see that the hobby now has taken those children of the past, uh, you know, 30 years and created something for them to have interest in that they can bring their kids into um, and created these aspects like the living set has no end. You just never know what's coming every week, every week. But these are fun ideas. Um, I mean, there's just so much there's, the fact that people are like cutting cards up now and making new one of one cards. That's yeah. a new thing that I didn't oh, notice until we're definitely gonna get last to that year. Here, for sure. Okay. But I just love the hobby right now. It's I'm so yeah. lucky that I got back into it. Like I said, uh, it's almost divine. Things were working behind the scenes for me. I've always wanted to do art, but I thought that was a past phase of my life and to be brought back into it and to brought back into it in the tops uh, has been just, an unbelievable thrill. I mean, I can't express how much I've really enjoyed doing this for tops. Jared, so, it sounds like your story is the epitome of like, don't give up and trust the process. Do you know what I mean? Like it, everything kind of just works out. If, if you, I mean, obviously you put in the work, like you put in the work constantly and like you were even pa- painting and still creating pieces on the side, but you know, just having all those things align all at once. And, you know, now you're in this, this space where people get to appreciate your stuff on a regular basis. It's just amazing, man. I, I, that's an, a fantastic story. It, it is really rewarding. And, and like you said, um, I, 
I have read up uh, biographies of people I admire, and it's not uncommon to find somebody who finds their success later in life. But, you know, um, an artist who's starving like I was, I mean, you read those and it gives you some hope at a certain point. But when I finally thought I cut the cord on the art stuff that um, I was just going to focus on doing something else to have it come back, um, you know, I don't want to take any of it for granted. Uh, I don't ever want people to think I'm ignoring you on, on social media or anything. I really try and get out there and interact with these folks. Uh, the way I see it, struggling so hard to get the ball going consistently with the art game, I know what the dollar of a val- the, the value of a dollar is. And so uh, we know, you guys, I'm sure, the hobby is way different than it was when I was an eight-year-old kid. I don't know how people are buying like $4,000 cases and like doing these breaks and, uh, yeah. and these, these packs that come with five cards you just drop 200 bucks for. Yeah. So yeah. when I get ready to do anything, I'm thinking about that in the back of my head that if I don't put in all my effort on this and even some of the stuff that I do on the side, like there are some signature cards and stuff I'll sell of, of the Topps Living set, but – I don't want it to be just something that the collector who just dropped whatever the dollar amount is thinks, oh, this guy just phoned it in. He didn't put any time into this. Um, I see that sometimes, even with the athletes. You know, there, there are some really awesome collectors out there that get all, just about all of their living set cards signed by athletes. And I just think when I see these athlete signatures lined up, I'm like, dude, people are idolizing you. Could you not just spell out at least the first name? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what this is I'm looking at. <laughs> so even down to the signature, uh, in fact, I changed my signature um, when I heard another podcast years ago, about 10 years ago, some, some guys like you talking about collecting cards, and they were complaining about the athletes, so you can't even read their, their signature, and you're, you're investing in their cards, and you can't even read the signature, and I thought, man, that's a valid point. So before that, it was just like an EKG reading is what my signature looked like. It was a whole bunch of just zigzags. <laughs> And so then I decided, you know what? You need to be able to read Jay Kelly. So at least you know who this was. But it comes down to that for the collector. I don't want them to feel like they ever wasted their money when they spent uh, anything to collect tops or to collect my work. So that's That's what we're trying to do. I think it speaks to the opportunity, the new opportunities in the hobby, you know, during this boom that we've seen, um, especially for artists because i think it was an awesome idea for tops obviously look they took advantage of the fact that people were at home ordering online and they really you know they 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 amped up what they were doing the with the uh, uh project 2020 the living set there were so many options and now there's so many opportunities for not only you know straight up you know what people consider artists you know painters but all sorts of mixed media uh, type of artist. I think that's that's really incredible stuff. And I guess it really worked out for you. What I find fascinating, since you mentioned, you know, how different it is when you were eight years old, and I, I think we're around the same age group, Jared. And by the way, happy Father's Day. Just put that out there. Oh, happy thanks. Father's Day. Um, <laughs> I, I actually talked with a friend earlier today who's in Canada, and I, I wished him a happy Father's Day as well. And I was, I was like, wait a second. I just assume you guys have the same holidays as us. He's like, no, we have Father's Day as well. (laughs) So thank you. Happy Father's Day to you guys. Thank you. Thank you. We're, we're, uh, you know, I I got none none that I know of. I'm sunning, I'm sunning people. Um, but that being said, you know, when, when I was, when I was around that age group, uh, Jared, there, there, there seemed to be a lot more artwork and cards, to be honest. Um, you know, that first upper deck set had all that classic stuff, 
that we were seeing. I think it was from Vernon Wells, not, not the Vernon Wells baseball player. And Dick Perez was, was doing Diamond Kings. And yeah, I guess Dick Perez, of, I had a lot of his work. Now, th- did that kind of, do you think that maybe subconsciously influence? I mean, they were essentially portrait type work. And I noticed that the hobbies kind of fell away from that. Um, certainly upper deck for a while was kind of leading the way. And that just kind of faded out in favor of, you know, the types of cards that we've been seeing. So it's awesome that it lined up, that there's a bit of a return to that. I see Leaf putting out a lot of stuff that has original art. Um, uh, who, who produces Sport Kings, uh, Jared? I should know this, but I don't know if that's... Uh, well, I think, yeah, yeah, I think Leaf uh, owns right. the right to that now. So uh, Chris Stratton, I think, is the guy that, that runs Sport Kings now or uh, okay. oversees the production. Yeah, so there's like it seems to be a lot more opportunity for for artists coming in to to work with that kind of stuff. Now, do you are, do you wind up in like an exclusive deal? Like, are you exclusive with Tops, or do you have the ability to um, have your work show up in other in other companies in other formats? Yeah, it's it's not exclusive. I think I uh, I tried the exclusive route at the very beginning, and it kind of uh, it pigeonholed me and. Um, so it's not exclusive with Tops. There's, there's, in fact, right before Tops had me working for them, I was already putting out some work for Sport Kings. I think I did 18 cards for their last 2020 release. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so it's not exclusive. But it, it is fun that they've allowed. They've gone back to the uh, the focus on the art. And just to to bring a point onto it, I thought about the same thing. You know, there seems to have been a lot of art in the past when I was collecting and then it got they got away from it as the 80 as the 90s rolled in and yeah and those early 2000 years and this is just totally guessing but i would i think that the advent of of the computer the personal computer the things you could do with the photoshopping businesses realized from the 90s that we could we could probably save some money and and get something that looks artistic like without having to pay artists to do it we have a faster turnaround time yeah. cheaper overhead and i, I think, think you, i think you hit the nail on the head because then yeah. we saw the advent of these fancy schmancy insert cards so i think i think you're mm-hmm. correct yeah and kind of and you know uh, there's 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 artists that did movie posters for hollywood they all got affected by the the progress that happened in the technology field that the companies right. took advantage of so and even today i mean it's amazing what photoshop will allow you to do and there's other programs out there that artists can use but it, it's really cool to me that the companies seem, I don't know if the collectors put pressure on them or what, but it almost seems that the demand from the collectors was great enough for, for original artwork that the companies were willing to sacrifice maybe some savings, maybe significant at, in some cases, savings on the overhead, on what it takes to produce something that looks like art. Um, so it's interesting to me that the companies have all turned back to that. I'm really glad to see it because it's been um, it's been fun for me to see new artists I didn't know existed out there creating this art for companies, and I'm just blown away with what's being done. Well, you mentioned that uh, you know the, some of the price of cards are getting up there, right? And I, I honestly believe that a lot of us who collect sports cards. I mean, aside from just collecting like collection pieces, but if ever we go like hard into a card, if we ever we put like a considerable amount of money into a card, I mean, we'd like to think of it as an investment. So if if we're investing it in it, I mean, now it's, it becomes very much like a piece of art. Right. So 
Alternatively, I mean, we spend, I mean, people spend outrageous amounts of money on pieces of art on a regular basis. So why not, you know, a quality artist produced art in the form of a card? You know what I mean? Like I, I do truly believe yep. that like, now that the prices are increasing so much on cards in general and, and we're starting to kind of be pushed up into that art category, you know, it only makes sense that card art should be valued as high it is, as it is right now. Not, not to mention a lot of the classic cards are themselves artwork. Pieces, pieces not, of art. Not, not photographs. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. I do love that. Uh, you mentioned Dick Perez. I mean, growing up as a kid, seeing his work on the cards, I always thought that was awesome. My brother and I grew up, um, you know, buying comic books and, and, and trying to tr uh, redraw the images we see in the, in the books. And so having the art on the cards at that time, it just seemed like there was art everywhere for the stuff I was doing as a kid. And it was, uh, it was motivating to me. So it's fun to see it in the hobby now. I mean, I, I just, I hope, um, I like to think other kids today are seeing this work and thinking this is, in, this is inspiring. I want to kind of delve into this. I want to collect it all. I think that's, that's the, that's the whole thing. It could be a gateway for some people to, to appreciate other things on other levels, because again, like the hobby's mostly been, it's been photography on these cards. That's a whole other element. You know, upper deck is, is lauded for their amazing photography. Uh, even tops, like particularly the tops short prints, um, usually featuring, you know, legends of the game are, are amazing. So photography is a whole other element of art that people yeah. appreciate, but I would hope that, you know, I mean, even just for myself, it really dawned on me, Jared, when I was looking at your stuff, how long it's been since I was looking at, you know, cardboard sized art and how it was so prevalent. You know, 1989 was a big year uh, for card art. Yeah. Here, here we are so many years later. And uh, I was looking at your stuff, man, like the one the one thing I wanted to just really point out, not that it, not that the rest of it isn't <laughs> beautiful, but you kill it with the. Uh, accessories i know it sounds weird but accessories and facial yep. hair are just really shine through on your stuff um on uh on the kirillov piece the the shine on the helmet on the kalenic is it kalenic or kalenic kalenic on the dude i have no idea i wish it was she tell us i always i was saying uh kalenic <laughs> but now kalenic. i don't know if i'm I saying think it's right. kalenic okay let's say it's uh, kalenic sounds oh. like kalonic <laughs> yeah, that, that, I'm sure he doesn't that's, appreciate that if it is Kalenich, but his, that's, his hat, that's more on the like, health side of the podcast. Yeah, you, you got you got the folds of the hat. It's just so incredibly realistic. And then finally, well, uh, listen, there's a lot of pressure. Have you seen Sato's work? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's like so, individual yes. whiskers. Yeah, yes. Oh, well, I was gonna say you're Adolis Garcia. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing his name right. The beard is fantastic. It's unbelievable. You're getting all those whiskers in. It was Cartel great... appreciates good beard. I appreciate it very much. If I want to paint my beard, I know who to call now. I appreciate Cartel's beard. I mean, I'm looking at the YouTube podcast, and I'm like, see, I, I only have, like, the goatee. I don't really grow it well on the cheeks. And I'm like, man, I always envy people who got that good brawny man beard. Well, fun, the funny thing is, this, this is half of what I had before we started the podcast, and I was mostly leaving it to uh, Coach Coda show off the 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 wild facial hair but uh we'll, we're, we're getting there we'll, we'll we'll have the nice combo going here beard doing, and do, doing our best <laughs> yeah, well i appreciate the comment on on the uh, the details it is fun about um five years ago i introduced airbrush into my work well that was a way to hopefully going into my next up. question perfect because i was going to ask you yeah. about the process 
Oh, sure. Um, I work in acrylics, and I always have. I've always told myself someday I'm going to work in oils, but it seems like all the work I've ever done has been illustrative by nature, and those always come with huge deadlines, like short deadlines. They're like you got to have stuff ready immediately. So to right. wait on an oil painting to dry and then to have it varnished so it's got you know perfect contrast on the darks and whatnot, I just didn't have time to do that. But I love the buttery consistency of the paint, how smooth you can get some of the effects. So part of working in, in, in acrylics, uh, sometimes you get irritated how fast they'll dry. And when they dry fast, you'll see those brush marks very distinctively. Mm. So I introduced airbrush um, and it changed things. It was, I was able to get a lot of transitions into the colors that I couldn't do easily with uh, the brushwork. So a lot of what I'll do, even to speed things up further, and you've probably seen it on Instagram, I'll post some of the progress pics, but I'll do a fully rendered drawing. The portrait would be done in charcoals before I ever put paint on there. And and it really does help me out. If you've seen some of the first layers of airbrush I'll put down, the fact that I've already had something drawn out well to begin with will allow me to put those few colors that I add. Well, actually, like there's a lot of colors added because the uh, transitions with the dark, and light values underneath all of that color is what's kind of selling the believability that that's a, that's a person's face right there that you're looking at. So those things will kind of speed you along. And, um, and again, in this modern age we live in with technology being what it is, artists are having to figure out these ways to shave time off production uh, so they can hurry up and get these things done. Because a lot of people that are proficient at the Photoshop, I mean, it'll take them 45 minutes and boom, they've got something that looks like an oil painting. So you're always trying to figure out ways you can uh, speed up the process, but also not hurt the quality. So yeah. the airbrush, like I said, will allow me to do things I couldn't do in the past, like uh, make diamonds shine. I mean, it's like, it's hard to do it on my website. There's uh, I think I've got a, a portrait of uh, Dennis Rodman on the sport art section in that gallery. And that was around the time I got an airbrush and, uh, and he's got like a cigar in his mouth with a, just a plume of, cigar smoke and i couldn't have done that with brushes so those are the fun things that an airbrush will allow you to do and i'm by no means uh master at the airbrush i mean i just it's just so helpful to have that so uh it's it's all a learning process every year you just always anyone no matter what you do you're always trying to learn something new apply it to your life and uh and luckily the airbrush has sped things up and helped increase the uh, shine and the bling on some of these things these prints they're going to do eventually i think at the near the end of july a lot of the stuff i i did with the airbrush you'll get to see finally on you know on the the neck and the jewelry and stuff because a lot of that gets covered up with the logos on the card currently but uh it'll be neat to see some of these prints come out so you can see more of the uh, actual painting so excited very cool very cool now now jared do you have so now that you're back into the sports card market you know almost uh out of the blue have you yeah have you dabbled back into the market i know you said you have kids at home and uh, responsibilities are different than you were than when you were eight but uh you know does collecting i mean even your pieces of art does that does that move you closer to you know maybe buying a pack here and there or is there something like cards that you look for you know uh i never really got the collecting bug at a young age like some of my friends did i mean they were just spending any money they got all their birthday money went to cards (laughs) and i was like i don't know i think i'll go get legends of zelda (laughs) (laughs) so i didn't get that bug and then uh 
when I started doing the work for the hobby, all I do is see stuff. I'm like, man, I wish I had that. I wish I had that. And it'd be like 200 bucks. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to hold off on that. Uh, even, even just, uh, I know once I start buying it, it's going to be hard not to buy more and I'm That's not fair. really buying it to sell or flip like some of these guys do now. Yeah. with these break clubs and break groups so yeah. i essentially know that what i'm going to be doing is just feeding cash into that uh, <laughs> slot machine yeah. getting the payout's going to be after i'm dead my kids go to like ebay all of it you know yeah. so i've been hesitant to get involved in buying the stuff that i really want but i see so much that i like and, and the stuff i have bought has been kind of family centric like uh wacky packages or or fun things that i know the kids are going to enjoy that i'm not going to be uh upset about when they like yeah. Put it in the spokes of their wheels of, of their bicycle or something. Yeah. <laughs> but even that, even that being said, I mean, I'm seeing like prices of garbage pail kid stuff that are like insane. So it's like, yeah. all yeah, right, it's, it's, I guess I got to watch what my kids open and then slap their hand when they get something valuable. Yeah. <laughs> what did you get in your Pokemon pack? Whoops, right. <laughs> Don't um, put that in your spokes. Yeah. Jeremy, put that in a sleeve. You, you briefly mentioned um, something that we've talked about on the show because we're close friends with a lot of people that are involved in this kind of uh, new wave in the industry of card art, um, the, the fascinating trend of actually using cardboard sports cards and creating something new from it. There's a lot of talented people doing that. We've had Donnie B Collectibles on our show. You mentioned, you. I mean, you can't, you, you can't not see it if you're kind of... Um, yeah tour around instagram um exactly what, what do you what do you make of that what do you how do you think that fits into things and do you have any favorites or anything that you've seen I, a lot of them also do utilize painting things like that optimus volts adds painting embellishment to to cards which is a, an interesting concept as well yep um man I like like you said you can't be on instagram and like anything card related and not see a deluge of these guys tearing up cards and creating these one-on-one -on -one masterpieces. The, I think the one that I saw uh, first, maybe a couple years ago, and then I was reminded about it by another sports artist, Jamie Thomas, that is good friends of mine is this guy, um, card killer. Yeah. And I hadn't seen his yeah. stuff in a while. And yeah. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Now artists will look at other artists work and they'll just stare at something and be like i'm analyzing it with my artist brain i'm trying to figure out how he did this and that's impressive and that's kind of how we learn this stuff that they're doing with the 101 cards i can't figure out how they got i don't even know what was cut what wasn't it's like that some of them look like they were made that way you can't tell that anyone cut it with their human hands and i'm thinking i don't know how long it took to do that but it's amazing i'm seeing this stuff all over the internet and these uh these artists doing these one-on-ones and from a philosophical point, I really like it because I feel like as humans, everyone, whether you're religious or not, you've got this, this lizard brain urge to be better than what you are. You, you're looking for something that can make you into a better form of, of, than what you are now. I think that's just uh, whether it's divinely placed there or it's just by uh, nature, biology. I think it's important because where is the species going to go if you don't instantly, if you don't always want to try and improve, right? Yeah. So Love we're always looking for that. And what I find so fascinating is they're just taking cards that are just everywhere. In some cases, they may be littering shelves because there's so many of that card around. Yeah. And these guys are taking a picture, a word, 
a section of that card, cutting it up, adding it with some of their artistic touches, and all of a sudden they've turned it into something amazing, like immortal. It's it's an it's a it's from a philosophy point of view. I feel like part of the respect and the love for this is subconscious on a lot of collectors' minds that it, it taps into that desire that we always want to find some way to become a better us. And that's what we're seeing with these cards. I mean, they're just taking cards that may have gotten thrown away at some point. They're taking the parts of them and putting them into one hole, and it's, it's a one-on-one masterpiece. I mean, it's amazing. Unreal. Man, your that's, perspective that's th- throughout this whole podcast has been just – warm and lightning it is just uh you've been an absolute joy oh i absolute. appreciate it i save all the the depressed talk for when i'm around kids you know i like <laughs> down with it. I save my good nature stuff for strangers <laughs> well jared let us know uh let us know a few things here let us know how we can how one can find you uh on social media and whatnot how they can obtain your product and maybe even taking it a step further, does does Jared Kelly do um, uh, commissions, things like that? Maybe uh, let us know all that. Yeah, sure. I appreciate you letting me mention that. I've got a website, jaredkelly.com. It's J-A-R-E-D, Kelly with the E-Y.com. You can find links to all my social media accounts from that website. But I, I am on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm in the process of uh doing some stuff on facebook to kind of get it more aligned with the business end but um you could find me on all those places and then uh i have taken commissions for my whole career until i kind of changed what i do for a living and i'm still doing the software engineering as well as painting the portraits which is insane so at the time currently i can't take commissions but that is the goal hopefully before the year's over I'll be able to open myself up to, to taking commissions from folks. Um, I've had people reach out already through Instagram or Twitter asking, and I feel bad every time I tell them I can't do it right now. But um, in the past, I have. I mean, um, it's funny because I think one of the podcasts I listened to you guys talking about, one of you mentioned Jogger. And I remember I had yeah. a, a client out of Canada that asked me to do a, a, a portrait of his that has always been one of my favorites. Oh, so, I'd, love um, to see, I'd love to see your take on the mullet, man. Oh <laughs> uh, well he actually had a helmet in my portrait which i enjoyed doing because we talked about the details i love the shine on the helmet so you didn't oh, see yeah. the mullet in my portrait <laughs> and, and, the top, and the tops living cards those are just rolling as the year goes on that sort of thing oh thanks i forgot yeah go to tops uh tops you kind of navigate uh the top menu bar on their website but there there's a uh, a living set brand online brand category and you can find the baseball online set uh the living set there and it's every wednesday they upload two new uh cards it goes for seven days you uh, you know you buy however many you want and they'll mail them out to you but um and, and for the that's investors the best out place there, to get the work. there there are rookie cards for the investors out there like there the, like, like the colonic that's a rookie card yeah <laughs> you know what it's i've been lucky i think uh Tosh has thrown me a whole bunch of rookie cards and, yeah kirilov uh, is too, too. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I uh, I was working on. Uh, let's see. I was thinking Garcia was going to be a rookie card, but well, I, think, uh, I, think I guess I, I was wrong. On, someone on your page uh, made a joke, you know, slapping RC on that. Yeah. But I, I believe his rookie cards were in 20, 2018, 2019. 2019. Okay. 2019 Series One or Series Two. So he okay. technically got a rookie card in there. 
Listen, yeah. I'm glad to get them, and it seems also like I get a plethora of uh, of pitchers. And um, and Wednesday I'll be dropping another pitcher. So uh, I don't know. This seems like it's almost 50 percent of the people I've done for the set so far out of the 24. It seems like there are 50 percent of them are pitchers. But um, it's been fun it's just seeing who tops picks. I don't know who they're going to ask me to do each week from each week. They just there's not like a pool that you get to say, hey, "I want dibs on that." Naomi um, to do the other ones. No, they just they'll sign you whoever they assign you. And you find out kind of last minute to do it. I, love well, I don't it. want to get you. I don't want to get you in trouble or anything, Jared. But maybe you could embellish the uh, sticky nut stuff on the hat <laughs> or on a player's hands rubbing. <laughs> Trying yeah. to sneak that in I there. Know. You know, uh, my 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 history in the hobby has been the art cards, and I, right now time's limited for me. But I've I want to get to the point where I can make some art cards with uh, with some of these living sets because there are things I'd like to do little Easter eggs that you could put in there. I remember um, I had the urge to add a bullet somewhere in the Bob Feller card, which I think was like the third one I did, but yeah, you know, it's going to be mass produced. I didn't want to do something crazy that was going to be mass produced, but we'll save it maybe for later. But um, hopefully I'll have some time before the year's out to mess around with some ideas there, but there'd be some fun Easter eggs to put with the details on some of these guys. You could, you can make a legendary, like, uh, the, the fuck face on the Cal Ripken. You know what I mean? Like, I know that that was his actual bad, but like, <laughs> yeah. I think that would be an yeah. incredible concept. If Topps was, was cool with allowing the artists that much leeway yeah. to create something that really stirs up the hobby, but just I, like I, hide it somewhere, you know, we're having too much fun now. Here yeah. At the end of the yeah, show. Yeah. So. I think all the Mavericks, all the bad boys they've got for their products are in that, project 70 and that project that p2020 i think right. they found people who were already big names uh in social media who already had an edge about them and they said yeah, yeah. we're yeah. just gonna we're they gonna got action bronze up and we're gonna, yeah 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 we're just gonna accept whatever you throw at us i don't know if they what they turned down because um i can't imagine anyone's doing something insane but uh you know these guys they're pushing the envelope they're trying to outdo each other so it's only a matter of time before snoop dog releases something crazy and it's like absolutely oh, we have to add more clothes to the women in the background or something yeah. <laughs> jared <laughs> i really appreciate you coming on today you have been thank you so unbelievable much. thank you so much for sharing your story and once again, providing us with another guest who is just full of positivity and a whole different side of the hobby that uh, we definitely needed to hear about. Hey, you guys are awesome. Thank you for the time. And I look forward to uh, hearing it uploaded on uh, YouTube or uh, Spotify. Either yeah, one of those on both. And, uh, yep. Mondays. So I love what you do. Keep Thank it going. You. Thanks so much, Jared. Take care. Yep. We'll Take see you on easy. IG. Bye. Take care. Sounds good. Bye. Bye. And now. That was a lot of fun. That was, uh, and it's, it's just so wonderful hearing so many different perspectives on a weekly basis from our guests. You know, we have like people in grading companies, we have people creating card art um, from other cards, people who had, you know, no ties to the hobby before and are now in the hobby, people who break with their families. Like it's, it's just, it's actually quite wonderful. Um, creativity is wonderful he also gave us like a big you know monday motivation uh type of tale which is really inspiring and it does not get more real than hearing someone and he was very open and candid about this uh talking about when life changes such as having children 
priorities change and you really find yourself in that situation, like, how am I going to react when I have to react? When, when I have to make changes or when I have to support someone, that's pretty amazing. Now, that was a little bonus, man. I wasn't expecting that. I'm Me sure neither. you weren't. Very much your language of motivation. So that that was uh, that was great to see. And he kind of echoed what we touched on at the beginning of the show, which is this is not this is not an easy hobby to navigate anymore, particularly financially. Uh, The concept that that you just want to get into it, you head to the store like you did, like I did yesterday, and you're confronted with the prices that you're confronted with. There has to be a reckoning at at some point, I would imagine. the hobby is so unique in that way is that we call it the hobby, which sounds nice and light and fluffy and happy. But as we will touch on next week, as I promised, and as we've touched on in the past, there's not a lot light and fluffy going on. There's not a lot, you know, happy and roses going on. Yes, you can find it very easily. I find it in my own collection. Uh, I find it in these moments where we talk to people about creativity and art and things like that. But boy, oh boy. Um, there is a coldness, there is a uh, cold and calculated type of thing that's, that's going on that's, that's not meshing with the concept of calling it the hobby, right? I see, I see it in my PSA updates. <laughs> Every time you check, right? <laughs> so, yes, indeed, that, 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 that is, uh, that's very true. And, uh, all, right, all right, team, I hope you guys had fun today. Um, I want to give you guys a wonderful, wonderful send off to the rest of your week, whatever day you're tuning in and uh, keep on collecting what you love. Keep the positivity going and uh, just remember anything can happen. Help someone new to the hobby. Give, give out good vibes. And uh, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there that, that do take care of theirs, that do, uh, you know, take on the, uh, the huge challenge and the huge, um, the huge responsibilities of being a dad. So you are appreciated, and I hope you get that appreciation today. Much love, team. Coach Go out.